Hello, and welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. My name is Casey Ruff from Boundless Body LLC, and I am the host of Boundless Body Radio. Before October of 2020, I was not a podcaster. Now, I have recorded hundreds of episodes featuring incredible guests, created tons of helpful content, and have consistently generated thousands of downloads every month since I began. I'm just a regular dude trying to share a message, and now I'm ready to show you my process, my successes and failures, and everything I've learned along the way to help you start your own podcast. Together, we'll explore the entire process of having a podcasting idea and take it all the way to publishing your first episode and explore all the steps in between. Then, I'll give you all the tools that you will need so you can record as many episodes that you want to release after that. Podcasting is one of the most enriching skills I've ever added to my life, and I've learned a ton by talking with some of my heroes and sharing it with anyone who wants to join us on our journey. So, sit back, grab a notebook, take some notes, and welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. Hello, hello. This is Casey Ruff, and welcome to episode 19 of season two. Today, we are speaking with Mark Reed. Mark is the host of one of my favorite podcasts, the Zen Sandwich Podcast. Mark was hosted on our primary podcast, so be sure to check out Mark's amazing story on episode 35 of Boundless Body Radio. I was also fortunate enough to be featured as a guest on his show last year on episode 9, and he is now the first ever repeat guest on this show as we interviewed him on episode 3 of season 2. Mark Reed, welcome back to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. Thanks, Casey. It's awesome to be here. And not only were you on Zen Sandwich, you were the very first Zen Sandwich interview. I've done, you know, dozens now, but you were the first. That's amazing. You never forget your first, do you? Exactly. (laughs) Well, this is a good time. I never use this. I'm going to use the clapping sound effect feature on my podcasting board. I don't think you can hear it on your end, but you're getting a nice round of applause. Maybe they're cheering a little bit for me too, but anyway, that that was the end of that. I love it. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. Actually, that kind of ties into like stuff. I actually made notes for this, Casey. Like, you know, I've been on, I've been a guest on several podcasts before, and I usually don't make notes because you just show up if you're a guest, you just answer questions. But I love this topic so much. I like, I made some notes and one of them was like to, it's, it's like down my list, but it was to always be tweaking, you know, like, you know, in sales, they say ABC always be closing. In podcasting, it's ABT. Always be tweaking always your be tweaking. not the not the yeah not the drug version, but like the <laughs> always be tweaking your podcast. Like you know, and so if, whether it's adding sound effects or background music, just always be improving. Just just adding something, evolving. You know, anyway, well, you're already it. dropping inspirational bombs. Um, <laughs> next time you come back on the show, I want you to do your best Alec Baldwin impression from Glengarry Glen Ross, and always be yeah. tweaking. <laughs> Always be tweaking. Coffee is for tweakers. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I love it. That's great. Um, well, this is exactly why I wanted to invite you back. I mean, I, I know a lot of podcasters, as do you, and it's such a cool community. Um, a lot of a lot of people are just so willing to share their information, things they've learned, tips and tricks. Uh, you know, I, I think if anybody called us at any time and said, like, hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast, what do you think? Any one of us would be more than willing to share, you know, what we've learned along the way because it is a process, but I, I thought of you specifically because you know Zen Sandwich has been going for quite a while now. You're always changing and improving and adapting, and I just absolutely love it. And I can tell that you know 
the first question we ever asked you on this podcast was what is your why? So maybe it would be a good time to, um, you know, introduce yourself, introduce your podcast and tell us why you podcast. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny. I get that question a lot and I almost answer it differently every time, but, uh, I, uh, <clears throat> then Sam, it started originally as a, as a website. I, uh, I mean the, the, I'll make it a long story short, but the true origin was I was asked to write a blog for a, a well, for a blog. I was right. I was asked to write an entry. I wrote two articles and they were published and I enjoyed them so much. And then, but I wasn't actually satisfied with the person who asked me uh, with the con the, the website of the person who asked me to do the articles. And I thought I could do a better job than this. So I, uh, I started my own website, not knowing how to do so, by the way, that relates to podcasting. And I started this journey, not knowing squat about video editing, sound editing, anything. But anyway, I wrote those articles uh, and it, it inspired me to start the uh, website. And I initially started a podcast to supplement the website. So I could go on to the podcast and say, hey, go check out zensandwich.com, which you should still do. But uh, a little shameless plug there. <laughs> but I, uh, what happened is the podcast took over. It actually became much more popular and uh, you know generated more of an audience um, than the website ever did. So now it's the reverse. The website supplements the podcast. And as to the why, it's just, you know, I've got, um, well, one, I enjoy podcasts. I listen to them. Uh, you know, when I'm driving in the car or when I'm washing dishes or whatever. And, you know, I, I, I do want to put a positive message out there. I like interesting stories. I interview people that have interesting stories like yourself. And I also, the Zen part of it, it's more sandwich than Zen. It's a little bit more fun than, than all Zen. It's not religious or anything. But the I do promote a positive message to stay calm in life and even when life's tough and be present in the moment and, you know, keep calm and carry on. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I, it, you you really accomplish all of those things. I would say you do have really interesting guests. I, I love when people bring on interesting guests that talk about things that I may or may not care about. And that <laughs> certainly has been the case. And you get me interested yeah. in those things. Like whatever your yeah. guests are talking about, like I maybe didn't know anything about them or what they were doing, but it's like, wow, this is just interesting storytelling and, and you're really good at getting those stories. Um, I would be very curious to hear your notes, but before we do that, I do want to talk about how are you finding your people? You use a platform that I almost never use and you used it to a lot of success. And I wanted to kind of start there. Like, how are you finding your people on a platform that I don't use? Well, it, uh, you are referring to LinkedIn and, uh, it is amazing because I, uh, I never in a million years would have thought that would be my platform. Uh, and you know, and that goes to the message of anyone that's listening to this that might be starting a podcast or even thinking of starting a podcast. Um, you know, you got to find your audience. They're out there. I don't care what your podcast is about. It could be about like, uh, some niche of, you know, Star Wars or something. I mean, I mean, something very, very specific. It could be about minor characters in Star Wars or something. And there's, there's 50,000 people out there who want to hear that podcast. I, I assure you, but you got to find them. They're not going to just find you in the ether. So I had to, um, you know, there was a lot of trial and error and, uh, I started just on Facebook and anyway, I got to, I started on four platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. I'm still there on all of them, but now 80% of my marketing concentration is on LinkedIn because, well, the algorithm's a little bit more favorable to what I do. 
And that is sort of my demographic that I'm going for. Maybe a little bit, uh, I, I hesitate to say more educated, but just, you know, people who are a little bit more, uh, well, there's more college educated folks on LinkedIn than elsewhere. But I mean, not that my podcast is only for, my podcast ain't that smart of a podcast. You can you cannot be <laughs> that smart and still like Zen Sandwich. I but um I don't know if I got to the the, the intent of the question, that but oh, how do I find? Yeah, that absolutely okay. got to the intent. And so I don't use LinkedIn as a social media thing. I, I will share an episode on LinkedIn because my host, Buzzsprout, has a button. Mm-hmm. Once you link it, it automatically links. So it takes me 15 seconds to say, hey, new po- new podcast episode dropped today with such and such. If they're on there, I try to tag them. If not, I don't. And I push send. And it goes into what I would have considered like this is resume land or whatever. And and I have never used it as a as a like social media platform. So maybe you could talk about not only finding guests, but are you actually building your audience on LinkedIn? Uh, hugely so. In wow. fact, um, yeah, it's um, actually my podcast has doubled in numbers in just the last few months based on my presence on LinkedIn. And I'll, you know, and I have, I have officially more followers on Twitter than I do on LinkedIn, but LinkedIn is quickly catching up. It will pass it. It'll pass my numbers on Twitter. You know, I have uh, like 9,000, well, 8,500 uh, on Twitter and I've got around uh, close to 6,000, I think on LinkedIn, but it's going so fast now. It'll, it'll shoot past Twitter soon. And, um, but the Twitter folks don't click out. They don't, they don't come listen to the show. I, I can do a promo on Twitter and I get, you know, I, I have a loyal following there too, but I might get 10 people who like it. I'll put a promo on LinkedIn and I get a hundred people. And that's just the people who are engaging. That's the, that doesn't even show the numbers of people who, Maybe they don't hit the little thumbs up or comment, but they still hit my link and they still go listen to the show because I see the download numbers. Wow. But uh, yeah. Um, Yeah. And as far as finding people. Oh, well, I actually what I wanted to go to is the point you made about uh, you thought it was a good resume website. It was for our platform for it was for uh, years. I thought of LinkedIn as like. This is where you put your, this is where you go find a job or this is go where you go network for a business connection. It has become a true social media platform. There are people who post family stuff. There's people who post, you know, stuff that you would see on a Facebook or Twitter. You, you see it on LinkedIn all the time. It's got a lot less trolls and critics and uh, they're there too, but at far fewer numbers. And, um, and people just seem to be friendlier. And I, I don't know, I'm biased now because my, my, my posts have taken off. I, I've had a couple that have gone over 200, 300,000, you know, views. What? So, uh, yeah, several, like not just one or two, like I, I've probably had, I don't know, I don't know, maybe about 10 that have wow. gone. It, I've had probably 10 that have gone over a hundred thousand views. Wow. No, you're blowing my mind. And I I hardly even know what question to ask since I spend so little time on there, <laughs> but it's like, right. I think of, Facebook is where I go because I'm an old person and that's where us old people hang out. And that's where, you know, I post most of the stuff, you know, related to the podcast. I can also post, you know, a picture, an article or a blog or something that I've written. Instagram is more for the, you know, the pretty stuff. Uh, The visual sound bites go there. Pictures go there. Twitter is basically shorter the things that make everybody angry. And we all get angry at each other on Twitter and throw hate around behind our avatars. (laughs) 
I think I think right. that's the only thing it's for. TikTok, I'm obviously like 30 years too old to even try. Um, but but what is it? What what would you post on? You know, LinkedIn. If you're, if you know, somebody like me who only thinks it's a, it's just for business and businessmen and people looking for jobs. Well, uh, okay. So this does touch on some of the notes I had. Uh, this was like the Good, second half of my notes was on. Yeah, it was on marketing, and uh, because marketing is is critical, you could have the best podcast in the world, but no one will find you if you don't promote it and get it out there. But here's the thing, and this is this is to answer your question. You can't just go on and just you know uh, promo bomb the the social media universe. We're like, here's another audiogram. Here's another promo to my show because people will mute and block and tune you out. What you how you have to market your podcast is well you don't here is how I do it and how it's worked for me. It I'm not saying you have to do it, but this way, but it's worked for me. Is you got to establish a connection. It's I think about it like you know when you if you're going to go buy a used car and you got that used car salesman coming towards you and he's just giving you a big spiel, you know you're tuning him out already. You you already feel like he's full of BS. He's you know this guy is taking me for a ride. Well, if you just show up to promote your podcast all the time, people are going to view you like a used car salesman. So don't do that. It seems counterintuitive, but go on and make friends with people. Go on and like so. I post my my marketing kind of formula on LinkedIn is the majority of my posts don't have anything to do with my podcast specifically. I do tie it in at the bottom, but like I'll post a video and usually I go for something funny or something inspiring. I'll give you an example of one that went over a hundred thousand views recently. It was a short video of uh, a turtle (laughs) was turned over on his back and uh, you know, it was upside down. It it was in the water, a, a shallow pool of water. And so it's on its back on its shell and it's kind of like, uh, flailing around and there's like 10 or more turtles around and they know that this turtle's in distress. So they all suddenly swim over and they flip this turtle back over upright. And so, okay, that has nothing to do with the Zen Sandwich podcast specifically, but it's a very specific, uh, or it's a very inspiring video. And, you know, I, I forgot my caption, but it was something like, uh, you know, uh, help others in need or whatever. Or I think it was like the instinct to help is, amazing to watch. And then I tied it into like, it's a, a Zen tip of the day. And at the end, I'm like, Hey, follow this guy, me, uh, for more videos and inspiration and listen to the Zen sandwich podcast. So I just like tag it there at the end. And so the idea is, and I'll, I'll hush up after this, but the idea is you're going to build friendships, not just sell to people. And when people like you, and they like what you're doing and they think you're funny and they think you have a good message, an inspirational message, then they will want to listen to your podcast because then they're going to like, Oh, I like this guy. I will go check out that Zen sandwich podcast. Wow. Okay. Here was my thinking and I still do this and it's probably just out of habit because I thought this is how it would work. I I'm that guy. You're talking right to me. Like I I throw up information about my podcast way too much. If I have any friends that actually see anything I do, I would be stunned at this point. (laughs) Uh, You know, and I keep it mostly to our business page on Facebook. I will do some promoting on Instagram and I will, you know, send something out in the Twitter sphere for everybody to hate on or whatever. But, but 
my thinking was, okay, I'm going to tag the person I'm interviewing. I'm going to promote them. I'm going to put their hashtags on this, not mine. Mm -hmm. And then that person is going to say, wow, this is so cool. Uh, It's already got all my stuff. People are going to find me through this thing. So I'm going to go out there and share this with everybody. Super proud of it. Hopefully I did a good enough job. I didn't screw up the interview and, you know, highlighted that person and really made something that they were really proud of. And, you know, by and large, that does not happen. It's kind of the way you, maybe you feel the same way. Like when I'm hosted on somebody else's show, I think it's a huge honor, but I feel a little weird about putting myself out there and I still do it, but it's, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's harder for me and less natural. I think to my guests, I wonder if they're feeling the same way, but I, I don't think my marketing strategy is the very best one anyway. Well, the, I do know, uh, a little bit about your numbers from a long time ago. I don't, I don't know them recently, but I know that you, you have pretty good numbers for podcasts. So, uh, um, you, you have, you can kind of do it your way, the way you've been doing it. I think for a couple of reasons, my observation would be for a couple of reasons. One, you, um, you have a, a good niche, the balanced body, uh, podcast. It's, uh, it's very specific and it and it goes to like a human need like health and fitness and uh and specifically the you know keto diet uh um that genre you've got a niche that people are looking for and you do it well so in that way you can kind of just promo bomb the uh the social media universe because people are looking for it. people aren't looking for a zen sandwich I, i've got i have to make them want to go look for a zen sandwich i ordered one at the deli um, and they they didn't give me one they gave me a reuben but. Yeah. <laughs> see you gotta go you gotta go to uh spotify apple or uh google instead <laughs> type in Wow. Type in Zen sandwich but, uh, but it, as for your guests yeah you you can't it's always helpful if a guest will promo on their end, you know, if, for their folks, but you cannot depend on it. I've had big name guests and the, the episodes have been bombs because they didn't give a, a darn about my, uh, about promoting. They're on a bunch of podcasts or whatever. Yeah. They've got their own podcast. So they didn't care about promoting their one little guest spot on mine. So, um, you know, you can't depend on it. Yeah. Uh, so, and then I've had smaller guests and who are thrilled to be on the podcast and then they will, you know, enthusiastically go promote it. And then those numbers go up. Those, they do better than the big name folks. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Those are the, the really hidden gems. If you can capture somebody's story that hasn't really been publicly told very much and those right. people are super excited and you create an awesome episode where they feel really special. Yeah. Those, I love those. I, I yeah. could not do enough of those. I love those. Wow. Well, that's really helpful. Is there anything else we need to know about LinkedIn? I'm, I'm going to start doing these things. I think that's very interesting. Uh, it, it just is, it's like any social plat- media platform. It's always slow and steady at first. Um, I, uh, you know, so you, you can easily get frustrated. I probably went two months of posting stuff and I'm like, nobody's seeing this, man. And I, I would know that it was good content, but I was, it just wasn't getting out there. I just didn't have many connections yet. I didn't have many followers. Um, you know, those are two different things on LinkedIn connections, kind of like a, a friend on Facebook or whatever. Um, and, but then followers kind of like the way it is on Twitter. You know, there are people who just follow you and you don't follow them. They just like what you're putting out. And, um, so LinkedIn has a little bit of both. And at first it is kind of slow, just like anywhere. Um, 
But so I would, I, if someone was just getting started on LinkedIn, I would say at first you do want to beef up your connections and you do that. Or the way I did that was, well, start with the handful that you have. So you could start with me, Casey, because, you know, we're a connection on LinkedIn. And then you can, through that, you can go look at who my connections are. And then, then you can look at their posts and you can comment on their posts. I mean, it's, a, it's work, dude. It is, it's, you know, it, it's, it's fun, but it's also work. I mean, like I had to go in to like, when I started with say 10 connections and like I said, I'm in the thousands now, I, I go to those 10 connections and I see their posts and I see who's commenting on their posts. Well, then I go look at those people's posts and comment on those posts. And through that, I can in, do an invite for a connection with those people. And I grew, grew my little circle from 10 to say a hundred. And then once you start revving it up, once you get about to a thousand, then it starts growing exponentially. And now I don't even invite connections anymore at all. I just, people just follow me. And I'm not like, I'm not, Hey, there are some major players on LinkedIn that have 300,000 followers. I'm nowhere close to that, but my numbers are go up so fast these days. I'm looking at it and like, wow, another hundred people follow me overnight. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. Well, that is really great information. I think this is funny. Can I tell you what scares me to death? When I was like on LinkedIn a little bit more is when I was working with the old company that I was working for. So I would say probably like 70 or 80% of all the connections I have were from that company. And and since I've left and started my own business and the, the thing that terrifies me is people seeing that I'm more active on LinkedIn and all of the people that used to work for the old company going, Oh, here he is. He's building up his profile. He's his stupid business failed. <laughs> He's going to come crawling back. And I just don't want those people to get any satisfaction whatsoever. <laughs> I, I hear you. Uh, one reason, one reason I like being on LinkedIn is um, it, it was the anonymous. Uh, I had the opposite uh, situation. I didn't know anyone. So in all the other platforms I showed up on, I have friends like literal people, friends I know in real life. And so I'm kind of always conscious of that when I like, particularly on Facebook, if I post something, I'm like, uh, how do I feel about so-and-so seeing this? I mean, I, I'm, it's uh hypocritical. I teach Zen, which you, I shouldn't, my ego should not be concerned with what you're thinking about me. However, I'm also a human being. And so I, I do, I do care. Like, what is Casey going to think about when I, it's not, I don't ever worry about you, but like old friends, I'm like, what is so-and-so going to think when they see this? And, but on LinkedIn, it was like, it was like I showed up on another planet. I didn't know anybody. So I actually felt kind of liberated to be myself. And uh, yeah. And I, I think that's another reason why it just, it's super off. interesting. Well, and, and we talk about your motives all the time. And I love to say that I don't care about downloads, but it's like, we all care about downloads. We, we don't do this for nobody to listen to it, especially if you've got a good message and you feel great about your message. You want people to hear it. And it's something that once you create, it lives on and on and on. And it's always cool to see how many people downloaded an episode that we did, you know, with you, you were episode 30. People still download that episode. And it's, it's kind of cool yeah. to see that that still exists. So I really appreciate that. I'm, I'm telling you right now, we're uh, screwed my notes. We're going to your notes. This has been so <laughs> fascinating already. What other things have you put down? Let's talk about that. 
Well, I mean, we have already talked about the second one. The The first one I was going to, you know, it wasn't like I had notes like, hey, I'm going to come on and take over Casey's podcast here. And, uh, you do. <laughs> you're doing such a good no, job. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was just more like I, I love this topic and it interests me because it's, you know, this is like my my full-time job, my unpaid full-time job. This is my volunteer full-time job. And uh, although I do get paid a little, I've got a Patreon. I mean, we can talk sometime about Patreon too. I, I get uh, a little bit of uh, support, but no. I, so I started making notes this past week. And number one, and you kind of have to start here. The marketing is essential for sure. You can't make it without the marketing. So that you can't have one without the other, the two things I'm going to mention here. But you, you can't just market a crummy podcast either. Number one is content is king. You've got to have a good show. You've got to have a good message. And I sort of made notes on like where I think new podcasters, myself included, screw up. So if there's a newbie here listening to this, let me shortcut you. Let me fast track you (laughs) past some mistakes you might make in the beginning so that you don't, you don't make them right. Um, If you're going to do a solo episode, script it. You're not Bill Burr. I mean, I, you might be. You might be as talented as, say, Bill Burr or Mark Marin. These like comedians that have their that have very successful solo podcasts. But don't just turn on the mic and hit record and and go. You know, James Joyce stream of consciousness here. Don't just like babble on. Have at least an outline of what you want to talk about. It, it, your content will be so much better if you do that. Um, and you're also not Joe Rogan. And again, you might be, you might be, I'm sure you probably are cooler than Joe Rogan, whoever's listening to this, but nobody wants it. But if you don't, if your name is not known, if your name is Kevin Jones, you know, and, and not Joe Rogan, nobody wants to listen to three hours of you talking to your, your buddy, Sam or whatever. Yeah. Um, so Keep your episode, your interviews, I would say within an hour, you know, uh, I, I try to do my interviews 30 minutes, you know, uh, that's just me. I mean, but I would say keep it short and concise. I would, and, I would just um, like to point out there, all of those people that you named, it wasn't like they just started a podcast and it right. was like really good. Like who remembers episode 247 of Joe Rogan? Like nobody does, right. <laughs> but he, he didn't skip any steps. He had a career. That he had, he had started. an audience. That's right. He had an audience first. What right. Was it like news radio he did in like the late nineties? Like he's been around for a long time. He's on TV. People recognize him. Bill Burr has been killing it as a stand-up comic for a very long time. After bombing right. shows, I'm sure that nobody saw in stupid clubs that he probably didn't want to do. All of these people have. It's not like they were all of a sudden famous. They nobody skips the process. That, that's exactly right. They already had a built-in audience. And if you're starting a podcast and you listen to those guys and you think, hey, I want to have the Monday morning, morning podcast like Bill Burr, well, you you can't. Not right out of the gate. You maybe build that up, but you can't do it the way he did because you don't have the audience yet. My suggestion would be go, you know, keep listening to those guys and you, you can get uh, some interesting insight into you know, how they do their podcast. They have a whole production crew and they, you know, you can um, um, get some insight, but my suggestion would be go listen to NPR podcasts or <clears throat> excuse me. My, um, my favorite is a podcast called revisionist history. I love, with that, Malcolm show. Glad- I love that show. That is, 
awesome. And I've ripped that off so many times and I, not any content, but what I, I will listen to that show. And not only am I listening for the interesting content and Malcolm Gladwell's got this amazing insight, but I, I'm, I'll, I'll sit there with a pen paper, make notes like, Oh, okay. So they weaved in some background music here. Okay. He inserts his narration here. I'll even go back through that. This is how nerdy I am about this, Casey. I'll go back through and I'm like, how long did they let that guy talk? And I'm like, okay, they let him talk for 45 seconds before they put in some background music. And, and so if you listen to some of my more recent episodes, I'm doing a little bit of that. Like I just had an episode. I don't want to out the guy. I don't, I don't think he'll listen to this particular podcast, but he, uh, he, he was an interesting guy, but he just went on and on kind of like I'm doing here, but he went on and on. So I had to break up his story. And so what I did is like when I'm editing, I, uh, you know, I put, I let him go for about two minutes and then I found a good stopping point and then I then inserted audio later where I say, and then I went on to ask so-and-so about his career in the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then I, then he comes back in. So it sort of breaks up a long stretch of yeah. monologue there. You pulled that I got off. That. You pulled that off. That was really good. Thank you. Well, that, you know, I got that from revisionist history and then I weave in background music. Just it, it just changes the vibe. It keeps you away, keeps you interested. And there are places you can get that stuff for free. You can get royalty free music on pixabay.com. Uh, there's a ton of places. Just type, you know, just Google royalty free uh, music. And there's, you know, there's tons out there. So I would say that would be my advice. Go listen to NPR podcasts. They're top notch. All of them are. Go listen to revisionist history. Get ideas from, you know, content is king. Make your podcast better than the average Joe who just hits record. And, yeah. you know, I think if you listen it. to revisionist history, you will realize that for every 30 minutes of this episode, there's probably a hundred times more time put into the research, maybe just for yeah. Malcolm too. He's got a whole team, obviously. Right. And there's probably that same amount afterwards in the editing. And that's what makes, you know, our average listener a lot different than Malcolm Gladwell. Like they are, you can tell highly, highly researching these people and right. creating stories out of something that most people would have never heard of that makes it so interesting. It's way different than Shauna and the, the example we give all the time, Shauna and her neighbor drinking rosé at three in the afternoon talking about their crazy <laughs> cats. You know what I mean? Right. Totally different. Yeah. And, and that is, to be honest, if you're going to get into podcasting, you better love it because it is work. It's a lot of, but I don't view it as work because I do love it, but I, I put that kind of research. I, if I'm going to interview guests for 30 minutes, I've probably spent a few hours doing like background research or putting together my outline or, you 100%. know, trying to ask them questions that they haven't been asked. If they've been on other podcasts, I'll go listen to those podcasts. And then, then you get some answers to questions you might, you were going to ask. Well, then you can take that answer and, you know, you can start at the follow-up point. Yep. Like they've answered a question on a previous podcast and you're like, oh, so then you start when the, you, when you have them on your show, you're like, well, I know that you said on, on Casey's podcast that you blah, blah, blah. Well, let me ask you this then, da, da, da. And you take it a step further. Not only does the listener find that interesting because you've given them a, the answer to the first question, but you've put them in a new direction, the person being interviewed likes it because they're answering a new question instead yep. of repeating, regurgitating the old one. Yep. 
I love that. I, I One thing I've been doing a little bit more of recently is when I'm researching a guest, I will find several podcasts that they've been on and I'll listen to those, but I'll also take the topic and see what another show and another guest think about the same topic. So for example, we interviewed a guy who has a bone broth company and I listened to the three or four podcast episodes I could find on him who was being interviewed. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, he's been asked this question four out of four. So I'm not going to ask the same question. I'm going to reformulate it, but let's see what this person who has a bone broth company says, and then let's see what that that person who has a bone broth com- company says, and so I'll take questions from those and ask him the same things and see if they jive. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, that's that's the way to do it because you, you want you, you know content is king. You've got to have a good show or people aren't going to keep listening. I you know w- one of the notes I'd made is like look at it from a consumer's point of view. Think about your own habits when you if you were going to surf through some random podcast on Apple, let's say, let's say you just went onto the Apple's recommended list, you know, and you start clicking and listening, you're going to give each podcast about maybe 10 seconds to capture your attention or you're gone. You know, if they didn't grab you in those first 10 seconds, you're like, no, that one's not for me. Click. I'll go to the next one. So you got to think about that. If you're putting content together for a podcast, you want, you got to grab that person you know, from the get go and you got to keep them engaged and entertained. Yep. I, one thing that was fun that I'm glad I did in the very beginning, I'm glad I stopped when I did. It's been well over a year that I've done this is I did find some pages like on Facebook that were Facebook or I'm sorry, uh, podcasters. And there were pages specifically for like review trades. In fact, that, that may be how I found you originally. I think that's yeah, how I did. found you. That's right. That is Hilarious. how we found each other. That's right. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I just remember that. And so you, and this is why I chose to have you on our show and, and you ended up having me on your show is you, you do get a sense. Like if I give you a review, I want to listen to your show and you can listen to mine. You can give me a review and that builds both of our reviews, but it gives you the opportunity to listen to, okay, this podcast is about women in South Asia a hundred years ago. And this podcast is about trains in Europe. And this one's about right. all these obscure topics, but you really get a sense of like, okay, there's a lot of really poorly done podcasts out there. And there's a lot of podcast hosts out there that are not doing any research. And it's, it's, you know, there was one that was like three drunk dudes that would get together and talk about (laughs) their weekend golf game. It's like, like, I mean, just go to the bar to hear that. I mean, you don't even need a podcast for that. So like, what, what value, you know, what, what comes up a lot when you sort of research, uh, how to put good content together for a podcast is, this question, what value are you offering the listener? And, you know, so like take your podcast for balanced body, for example, the value is obvious, you know, like you're, you're giving information that can help someone's well being and their life and their, and their health and, and how long they're going to live and their energy level, you know, you're the value is already built into your podcast. That's one reason I think that it's so successful, but I mean, three drunk guys, talking about their golf game, you can get that anywhere. You don't, you don't need to go. You, you better than be Joe Rogan and Bill Burr. You better be so hysterically funny that people want to hear about your, your golf game. Yep. So you've, you're, you're selling something else. Actually, you're selling, you know, you've got to be so funny that I can't turn away. I can't turn it off. But how many people are really like that? That's right. It was the three hosts and they probably have three interested people in the show and they're the same. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go, man. Wow. Okay. This is fascinating. Okay. What else have you got? Uh, Let's see. Uh, Well, I said, yeah, script your solos and, uh, and listen to, 
you know, one of the biggest tips, listen to other podcasts and get ideas from them. Listen to Zen Sandwich and uh, get a couple ideas there. Well, they will um, because yeah. you're always refining the process. It's like we were talking about. You're you're doing the homework to make things interesting. You're not willing to just sit down and do it the same way every time, and you're learning new things. And I, that shows up in your show. Like every month or so, it's 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 a little different. It's It's got a better nuance. It's more listenable. I don't know. I really appreciate that. ABT, baby. Always be tweaking. Always be tweaking. <laughs> uh, um, and then, you know, but over back to the marketing stuff, I would say, I would say pick one platform. I mean, you can be present on four, but uh, I have found that when I just put all my energy in one, I, it, it's, it's quality over quantity. And it, so LinkedIn might not be for you, whoever's listening. Maybe Twitter is your thing. Maybe TikTok, you know, TikTok I keep hearing that the algorithm is is very favorable. You can get in front of a lot of people. I don't do it because I don't want to create, you know, selfie video type things. And uh, it doesn't, it's not conducive to what I do on the podcast. But I've heard of podcast people that they get their audience through TikTok. If that's your thing and that works for you, do that. Be present on the other ones and, and occasionally, you know, show up uh, and and grab the name. So the note, you're like, when I started, I grabbed the Zen Sandwich name on all those platforms so that if I ever did make it Joe Rogan big, nobody can go steal it. Um, but but just put your efforts into one, whatever the one is for you. Yeah, that's great advice. Couldn't agree more. Hmm. That's that is that is my notes, man. That's great. <laughs> Dramatic pause. No, that's great. I really appreciate that. So, okay, so I do have a few questions um, for you. Recently, you did an episode where you had somebody on. I couldn't tell whether you fully agreed with that person or not, but you pushed back on something. And to me, <laughs> I, I, I already know which one. But go on. <laughs> to, to me, it was an. I, I felt like you were an advocate for the listener. I, again, I don't know what your opinion of what she said was or wasn't, but I felt like you did a really great job thinking like, okay, what does my audience think about this? And maybe there's people out there that think this person is really kind of full of crap. And I, I, I don't know. And I wonder if part of that comes from your, you know, background as an attorney, but how, how are you able to push back on a person in a way that's respectful, which I felt like it absolutely was, but also has that person kind of go more in depth which again, as a listener, I wanted you to do that. And I was really glad that you did. Yeah, I, I know exactly which episode you're re- referring to. And I, and I don't mind mentioning it. I don't think she would mind. Um, uh, I had Christine Meyer on. She wrote a book and she is a, uh, a an advocate of uh, law of attraction um, philosophy and idea. And there's a lot of good message in that. And I'm not going to rehash the episode, but the pushback, you know, I did, um, because I do, I do have some questions about it. And, you know, so my pushback was, well, look, I don't want to ignore the elephant in the room. There are critics of law of attraction who say this, how would you respond to those critics? So to answer your question specifically, sure. Some of that comes from being an attorney and I, you know, I I was a trial attorney in the uh, criminal courtroom, not in civil practice. And so, you know, you had to cross-examine witnesses. I wasn't cross-examining her. She wasn't a hostile witness. But uh, you do learn how to uh, to ask certain questions to, you know, uh, invoke certain uh, responses. Yeah. Well, but I, I do want my guests to always feel comfortable. I, I, I tell them off camera sometimes, that like, if they have a 
particularly if they have like a sad story or something, or they have like, I just interviewed, it's not out yet, but I just interviewed a blind woman who, who is totally blind now, but had sight. So she lost her sight uh, in her adult life. And I, uh, you know, I wanted to assure her before we even hit record, she has a pretty good attitude. So I wasn't too worried about her uh, about it, but uh, you know, that I'm not Barbara Walters. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not looking for drama at all. You know, I want the person to feel comfortable and I'm interested in your story. I'm not Barbara Walters and I'm not a gotcha journalist. You know, I'm not like the guy who interviews Trump or Bush and is trying to get them to say something or, you know, Obama or Biden, whatever, you know, whatever your political leaning is. I'm not trying to set you up, you know, in any way. I really wanted to know with that lady, like, you know, I like the ideas in law of attraction, but what about the the guy who like cuts me off on the road? Did I attract that into my life? And her, her her stance is yeah, yeah. I brought that I brought that into my life. And see, I I don't agree with that. I, I actually do think there is some randomness to the universe. Um, you know, that uh things do just kind of trip and fall in your path. And I don't think that you invited or but that's just my thoughts on it. I totally respect hers. So I guess that it comes from that. I, I'm going to respect whatever you're saying as something that you actually believe. I, just tell me what your reason for believing it is. So I'm not going to try to, I'm not going to try to get you and corner you, but I do. I'm, I'm curious. Why would you think this? Yeah. Well, I see the way you set up the question. You kind of took yourself as a critic out of it and said there might be some people out there who think a different way. And that's a really right. friendly way to do things. It's 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 a complete, you know, you don't know who those people are, but there might be some critics out there who think differently. What would you say to them? And I think that's a really great way to word that sentence. And it's such a cool thing about podcasting and, and learning human communication, in my opinion. Well, that you know, I actually this is if I had you on the on my podcast again, which is a great idea, by the way, um, you know, I, even though like, let's forget her episode where I did. I agreed with some of what she said, but I actually didn't agree with that part of it. But let's say you, for example, where actually you do know that I am an advocate of the, the keto diet. I lost 70 pounds by doing it. And uh, so I know it works and all that. I'm on your side on that. But. If I had you on, I would probably ask you, because if you're going to sell something, whether it's law of attraction or a keto diet or whatever, you better be able to back it up, you know, for the critics that are out there. So, you know, even though I agree with you, I would ask you like, well, what do you say about people who say that you need a certain amount of carbohydrates in your diet or whatever? And then you're fully prepared to answer those questions. You know, I, I'm sure that you're locked and loaded to respond just like she was. So I'm not going to ask a question that's like, it's going to be the first time they've heard that question. Yep. yep. You know, what would you say to a vegan I, or whatever? Yeah. 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 A perfect question, right? Oh, let me write that down when I do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, okay. So this has been a fascinating conversation. I love this. Um, I do want to close a little bit with something that you've also evolved on, which is video. And we've gone in different directions on this. And I'll just, I'll just set yeah. this up by saying our internet connection has been – not super great around here. And um, I just have to remind myself that if I'm recording video and it makes the audio suck, to me, I have mm. to remember, like, this is a podcast. We're not trying to do every platform. You know, we don't need to be everywhere. This is a, this is 
a podcast. Let's focus on really good audio. And over time, our connection's gotten a little bit better. And I've also learned mm. how to do editing on YouTube a little bit more, mm. which I, is extremely minimal. But it's been interesting to start to include more video. And I've gotten it down to a process that takes me a few minutes. It's not very tedious. I just copy everything over from the episode anyway. And then I'll release it as a teaser on YouTube the day before the actual podcast drops just for the hell of it. And it's, I, you know, I would say it's gone well. Some of our videos have thousands of views, which is great. I can also, um, you know, kind of take an interview and something I've done recently is take an interview and let's chop this down, not to a 30 second soundbite, but let's make this eight minute long part of the conversation where the guest explains something really well. Let's make that like a kind of a mini episode and let's tease the actual full episode. So like, for example, Ben Azadi, we just had Ben Azadi on. Um, I asked him to explain what the hell ketosis even is. And, you know, mm-hmm. for eight minutes, I asked him maybe one or two questions, but he really got to the point and like, wow, okay, let's cut this down and let's be this like short kind of teasy episode. And I thought that's gone really well. And you have done a lot of video and now you're kind of moving away from it. So first of all, the question is why? Um, and second of all would be like, what advice would you have if somebody wants to include video or should they just mm-hmm. not? Well, uh, you know, there's a couple of different ways to approach that, but, uh, succinctly I'll say this. Um, the first is just an opinion. Uh, the, the, the second and third thing I'll say has to do with numbers, but the first, my opinion is just podcasts work better as audio only when I, when I listen to a podcast versus watching it, when I watch a podcast, um, a lot of times, you know, my, I'm distracted by maybe body language or, you know, uh, expressions on their face. And, you know, you might think, well, those are actually good things. It's telling you more about how the person feels other than just the words. I don't know for me, maybe it just comes down to me being more auditory than visual. I don't know, but I just think podcasts work better through audio, but you know what? Throw that opinion out the door. The numbers are why I really have gone the direction I have. Uh, you on YouTube retention is a big deal. And so that means like when someone clicks on your video, do they watch it all the way to the end? And you know, if I'm putting out a, a 30 minute, long interview uh and i don't blame folks it might not not everybody is going to watch that from start to finish they're going to click off of it and so i i didn't really move away from video what happened is i I stopped putting full episodes on youtube and i actually did what you you were kind of describing now i put like a three minute snippet and so the retention is much, it's much easier for someone to just watch three minutes. And plus I get to pick out what three minutes I'm going to put. I listened to, you know, I've recorded a 30 minute episode, you know, let me take the three, not always the most, I don't try to put the spoiler in the, in the clip, but I'll pick out a really interesting three minutes, put it on there. And um, uh, so the retention has gone up on my YouTube channel. But, uh, but the third reason is it kind of, it screwed with my numbers because um I, uh, my YouTube, I put it up on my myself when I, my host doesn't put it on YouTube. So what that means is my analytics, you know, when I'm looking at downloads, um, the YouTube numbers don't show up at all. And actually my YouTube numbers are pretty poor. And so that was another reason I was like, man, I don't want people to go find me on YouTube and think, well, there's only like, you know, five guys listening to this podcast. There's, I have hundreds, you know, thousands in some cases, but they're listening to it on Spotify or Google podcasts or Apple. And, uh, 
And those YouTube numbers don't reflect in my analytics. And they also kind of make me look bad almost if people just judge by how many people on YouTube are looking at me. So, yeah. So I just stopped giving so much of a darn about YouTube. Also, it's a lot of work. I spend, you know, I'll spend a week editing uh, the audio on uh, (laughs) a podcast episode and doing the promo for it and all this. And then I'm like, oh, man. Now I got to go upload this thing to YouTube. I got to go write a new description. I got, you know, it's wow. like a whole new branch of something to do. Yeah, so I just cut, cut back from my own sanity. Interesting. Wow. Okay. So a, a few things, I guess, that I would say is like my YouTube editing is I, I trim. I only trim the beginning and the end. The, the hmm. audio that comes in, like our intro and outro music doesn't show up on the video since I'm using the Zoom, you know, video. Right. So I just, okay, let me just edit this all the way to the very beginning. We'll edit it until I say, and this has been another episode of Boundless Body Radio, cut. That's it. And then and mm. unless a guest says like, hey, would you mind cutting this out? I might make four, five, six edits to the audio on the podcast, but I don't even mm. try to touch the video. Whatever whatever we did is coming through. It's coming through. That's fine. Unless you say like, Hey, that, you know, 15 political, 15 minute political rant I went on. Maybe we should cut that out. Like, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's cut it out. Um, right. And the other thing I can do, which is kind of nice, which is what I used to do all the time in the past. And I would put these up on YouTube and some would do really well is my, um, editing software that I use called Alitu, which I pay for because they make things really easy and automatically send everything to my host Buzzsprout. They, they, Hmm. you can create a video that from the audio that all it is is, a, is like a title and a squiggly line. So right, right. it's not recorded, you know, people talking, but it is the audio that somebody could listen to. So it, if you watch it, it's just it, going to be a squiggles. It's so it's an audiogram. Yeah. I think that's what they call it. In, call it. it in the biz. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I put those together myself sometimes on my own video uh, editing software. Um, but uh, I mean, you had said something else too, that, that had an, I had another light bulb went off and then, it just clicked out. Oh well. Anyway, so I, I forgot. I'm not I editing that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, oh, that well, actually, perfect. That that uh, clued me back in. Yeah, actually, I, so I do still. I don't edit the whole video either. I, I edit my audio, but I don't edit the video. Um, and here's why: I do upload it, but you can't find it. Uh, it's only for my Patreon supporters. So I do still. That's the other reason I don't put full episodes on YouTube anymore because I want to give the financial supporters of the show some bonus. So those people and those people alone, only those people get to watch a whole Zen Sandwich episode. And I don't even, I almost never take out even the like hiccups and the the goofs. You know, that's kind of part of the bonus that you get. You get to see the, you know, the full naked version. Well, not full naked, but you know, you get to see the, uh, uh, the, unscripted goofs and gaffes that I leave in just for the Patreon people. Well, you heard it here first and sandwich listeners. If you want to see Mark Reed naked on this podcast, make sure you <laughs> sign up. Um, I always think with, with Patreon, I think like there's no way I could build this up to the point that it would contribute even a fraction. If somebody can listen to this for free, why would they pay? And you make such a good case for it. Like this is going to cost you less than a cup of coffee. You have three bucks. I'm going to send you an amazing, beautiful, which I have. Look at this. I'm going to send you an amazing, beautiful postcard. Oh, look at that from Japan. Handmade, baby. Handmade, handwritten, which I love. I love these things. I've I've been giving these away, but I I 
almost like kind of hoard them a little bit because I love them. You sent these to me over a year ago, and you can see I still have like 10, 15 left. Um, but anyway, uh, um, you're offering people a higher amount of value. Has has it paid off, would you say? Do you have enough Patreon subscribers that it's like making a, a difference? Well, it, it pays for the show for sure. It pays for any kind of – anything that – whether it's hosting or even, you know – equipment if i might need I, I need to get like a little boom stand or whatever you call those things that you've got like you know that might be the next thing i invest in cool. and so i i take all the money that that comes in from patreon and i put it back into the show cool. so uh is it paying my mortgage no but is it uh, does it pay for the show yeah. yeah and um and but as far as it being worthwhile i probably monetize or went to patreon sooner than almost anyone recommends um and true enough, the first few supporters of the show, they were like uh, friends. Well, it's not family. It was just friends, friends who wanted to support the show. And they're like, you know, I'm not going to notice if $3 a month gets zapped off my credit card. That's fine. And so it started that way. But in the last few months, I have, and this is the most rewarding thing. This, this is some encouragement for someone starting out on a podcast. It might take you more than a year. Cause I'm like a year and a half old now, but, uh, in the last few months I've got people, I, strangers, I don't know, just this, you know, a guy from over here, a guy from Oklahoma, a woman in New York, just, I don't even know how they found me. You know, I don't know if they found me on LinkedIn, if they found me on Facebook or whatever, they found the show, they love the show, they want to help it out. And so it, it's so rewarding when you get the stranger. It's one thing for your friends to chip in three bucks. But when you just get a random stranger, like, I love the message you're putting out there. Thank you for doing it. Keep doing it. Here's $3. That's, you know, it's not even about the $3 at that point. It's super just, cool. that, yeah, that you touch somebody. Wow. That's super cool. Man, this has been an amazing conversation. We've had two of these. I can tell you that two will not be um, the last time we have you on. We definitely want to bring you back on so we can keep talking about your evolution through this. Um, so many different nuggets of wisdom and, and advice, things that I've learned and will take from this episode. And I know our listeners will as well. Where can people find you and find your podcast? Uh, well, they can go to the to zensamich.com. That's easy to remember. Um, or you know, one reason I named my show such a kind of distinct name is it's easy to find. So go to wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and just type in Zen Samich. It's the only one. So Z-E-N-S-A-M-M-I-C-H. So Samich, not sandwich. And uh, heck, you might could type in sandwich, maybe it'd come up. But anyway, just do the search for it. But I'm I'm on all the platforms just like you. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so very much. <laughs> I live near that thing, by the way. I Do took really? that picture. That's beautiful. Yeah, I, t- I took that picture. Well, this is a thank you card, a warm note to say thank you for supporting the Zen Sandwich podcast that spread some calm and kindness in the world. Beautiful paper, beautiful picture. You live in a beautiful part of the world. And this has been an awesome conversation. So really, thank you so very much, Mark, for everything you do. And I highly recommend that people check out your podcast. You do a great job. So thanks again. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you for listening to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a rating and review on Apple. Also, be sure to check out the show that made all of this possible, Boundless Body Radio, where we provide tons of helpful and informative content, feature incredible guests, and talk all about health and wellness. Cheers, and thank you for joining us on the How to Make a Podcast podcast.